Hey, beautiful human. Thank you so much for letting us into your ears today. We are about to get to know Young Gravy. I met him on the set of a music video that we did together. We'll, we'll talk about it. Plus, he's in a feud, kind of, on the internet with some crazy guy. And there's a lot of new music on the way. Plus, I'm just so fascinated with him. There's a lot to get into. Please subscribe to our podcast, share with those you care about, and enjoy. Here's Young Gravy. Hello, beautiful human. My name is Zach. That is Dan. Yep. And we welcome to the studio for the first time ever, Young Gravy. Woo! Greetings. Daddy. Welcome. Greetings, baby. Hello. <laughs> Sitting here looking sleazy right now. <laughs> you look good. Do you need help with that microphone? Does you, it look good no, right I, now? You look outstanding. Thank you. Thank you. And also your hair is like, it, it has movement, yet there's no wind. Like, it looks <laughs> like wind is blowing on you. Thank you. Thank you. Just, just everyone's awareness i don't always always dress like this but i slept at the dry cleaner on the way here my uh my suit bag caught on fire <laughs> in my car at this video shoot that zach and i were at together that's where we met and uh i just got it from the dry cleaner it's clean no no burn marks so we're uh you we're gotta chilling. you gotta understand like we're we're in this dressing room we're also in a warehouse. It's 150 degrees. There's like a fake courtroom in this warehouse, a fake sushi restaurant, a fake hospital. And all of a sudden, Mr. Young Gravy just comes, Not you're not running and you're not even overly alarmed, but you're just like, oh, this is wild. My suit caught on fire, but there was never a flame. It burned what? through the window, correct? I, I think what happened was like, it was in the back of the the. Let's let's alert Tesla about this. It was in, mm. in my back in my back uh, in my trunk. I mean, so that's what they call that. Uh, the on the top the there's a little like platform. It was yes. on. It was sitting there in the in the suit uh, bag or whatever. And I don't know if I want to blame suit supply or Tesla, but I think maybe suit supply is the one. Ah. <laughs> it was sitting there in this this navy bag, and I believe either either like a tiny little f like flame like came out, but it was it was getting magnified. I believe yes. By the car onto this bag, and then I just I went in there, and there's just this big ass hole that's like black around the edges, and there's like blue stuff all over the suit. And man, I was really disappointed. I got this suit for uh, for a date with Martha Stewart, and then I was like, it, it has a lot of value to me, you know. And uh, luckily, I just got went to the dry cleaner and they cleaned it off. So so the, the suit didn't catch on fire. It was just the bag that had a little, you know, spontaneous combustion combustion activity but, but a really beautiful for, full circle moment for us yeah that's yeah, yeah. picked it up on the way and i thought you know what I, I i didn't even like think about the fact that we had already like discussed this suit i yeah. just was like you know what i was there the day it burned yeah you were there you were there you witnessed you witnessed it in, in action i mean post action and yeah, i just yeah. thought you know what after that video shoot i thought you know what zach kind of outflexed <laughs> me on the acting so i'm gonna have to outflex him on the the outfit today. Well, you you can't even really say that that's accurate. You, first of all, the first thing that we shoot in the, the courtroom scene for Quinn ninety two's backpack music video, which we will put a link in the description below if you want to watch. It's you. It opens on you. It does open on me. I mean, that's like uh, that's that, that's a big feat. You're num you're number two on this call sheet next to the guy whose song it is. Yeah, yeah, facts, facts, facts. And you served up many quality takes. You, I don't even think you stuck to the script exactly. You gave it yeah, your own kinda. flavor. <laughs> you used intercourse in there, which I like. That's a, that's a judge. That's a yeah. judge word. So, so here's the wild thing: is is uh, I did this on Monday, but but 
I think it was I got, I got hit up around like Saturday, so it was like basically like a week. How long ago was that shoot? Maybe like like a week and a half or something. I don't yes, know. Two Maybe weeks. Two. I don't know. It was it was almost like exactly two weeks after they first hit me up for that shoot, but the Nelk boys hit me up oh. to do a shoot. Like, yo, we need a judge uh, <laughs> for this. We need a judge for this like skit we're doing, and I was like, word, like I've actually done that before. Like, I'm, I'm super down. They're like, wait, no way, that's crazy. And then I was like, yeah, man, I'll show the video when I get there. And then I get to the set, and I'm like, this is the same exact fucking set. Stop it. So, no. <laughs> so Monday, I pull up to a spot at 10 in the morning, hip, sipping on Happy Dads with the Nelk boys. My first time meeting them. It was, it was, it was, they were cool. I like those guys a lot. But yeah, same exact, same exact set. I was like, oh, don't worry. I know where the green room is. I'm going to go drop my shit off real quick. So, so I did a, the same role, same everything. <laughs> I'm I'm convinced that they they, they saw the video. I'm convinced they saw the video, but maybe it's just a coincidence. But like they pulled up same like judge wow robe and everything. Like your life has changed from this one role. I guess so, I mean, man. Yeah, like the, I think they had Snoop Dogg cast it, and he couldn't make it. They're like, oh, what's the next best thing? <laughs> <laughs> so I guess they picked me. I'm, I'm I'm honored, I guess, to be the next best Snoop Dogg right now. Well, and there's two things that I want to get into and expand on from what you mentioned. One being there is a reality that we live in where you could eventually have a TV show where you actually hear out people's cases and maybe some infidelity cases and like you actually sit and you have a gavel and you have a whole thing and you hear out maybe uh, cheating stories or whatever it may be and you rule on them but do you think of that memeable comedy parody and do you balance that with the music you make like mentally or creatively so, so I mean, if, if if that opportunity, I guess the opportunity is possible whenever. But I, I would, I would, when I have time to do some TV, you know, I, I don't mind that idea. Maybe we could do some sort of like Jerry Springer mixed with Judge Judy type activity. I that would love. Be, come on, that could be lit. You know, instead of Jerry, it was like gravy, gravy. <laughs> yeah, it'd be lit. Um, I like. In high school, I remember like being so inspired, but also like, damn, the world is fucking weird. When I would watch, like, the, you know, it was it was always late night, like three a.m., yeah. and then Maury and and Jerry Springer would start playing. And I think that definitely made me a worse person in life. <laughs> watching those. Anyways, Wait, you asked about about humor and music. Yeah, is like is humor a part of your art form, and does it weigh on you during the creative process when you're crafting a record? So when I write, I, it's never like when, I, when I'm writing lyrics. I don't think I'm ever the, the the humor is never like the first priority. I always will like we'll, we'll start the song, we'll get however far on the song, and have like basic lyrics laid out. You know, like we'll basically I'll work with the producer to make a beat from scratch. We'll kind of do everything together, and then I kind of freestyle over or even just spit gibberish, which we call top line. Yeah. And um, when I get like a good like, couple verses or like flows ready and kind of we arrange them a little bit, then I'll go in and write it. And and I'm very partic very particular about lyrics. I almost never, almost never will finish a song like in one session. Like I'll I'll, I'll get the layout, go home, write by myself, and then come back and finish it. Uh, and and humor isn't really the ever the first priority. Where I feel like there are some rappers or some artists out there where it's kind of like. The purpose of like, like, like it's it's not a weird owl situation where like, yeah. they want to make something humorous. I think Lil Dicky's somewhere in between because he, he has songs where the whole theme is humorous, but he's really fucking spitting something. You know, he's he's spitting good good 
good bars and it flows and it's catchy. No hate on Weird Al. Weird Al was was a legend or is a legend, but. And that was also a, like that was a collection of moments in, in time, right? Like we were in a different age where, yeah. I mean, Weird Al shined. Indeed, what you nerdy changed my life. You yeah, know, like that record is everything. I mean, it's, he's he's a genius. Like like that was what people wanted at that time, and I think it would probably still go off now. But I remember in that in that era, like, man, that shit was huge. It, so, I find it interesting that you will do gibberish, kind of just flow. How do you know that you're heading in the right direction or may have something? You can feel it. You can feel it. I, I, um, I don't know. Sometimes you just get on it, especially if there's a few people around in the studio. And if, I, if I'm flowing and I can see the reaction, that helps a little bit. But but also just like, I'll, I'm very like sort of a perfectionist with all that stuff. So I'll re-listen a bunch of times or I'll send it to like the people that I really trust and be like, yo, what, what sounds the best? So, so flow-wise, like when I'm doing that top line, like I, I like to basically once once we do that first session when we make the beat we make the the sample whatever it is and I spit some top line over it I'll sit on that for a while before I go in and like really finalize it which seems to work really well how long do you sit on it for it depends it depends on my schedule man like like if, if, if I'm in LA like when I when I was finishing my my album that's it's dropping next month uh, I won't drop the name yet but uh, the title, I mean, but but that um, I was doing sessions almost every day. So it would be like I would go home from the session, sit there, stay up really late and like work on the lyrics and whatnot. Sometimes I will, you know, fin finish the first draft of a song and then sit on it for forever. Like there's been songs where I've where I've I still have some songs that are like in the in sort of the arsenal that, you know, I have a general outline for that, you know, I'm like, you know what, that, that should come out later. I don't think I want that yet. So where, where did Betty fall? Like how long were you sitting on that? Betty Betty's a bit of an exception. That song, Dwilly and I were working together, who's mm -hmm. a producer that I've been doing a ton of stuff with lately. He's a fucking legend. Um Betty, we we were in the studio, we had the idea to do something with Never Gonna Give You Up, but we figured like it would be impossible to clear it. But we said, you know what? Like, it was the end of a session. And we said, you know what? Let's just have fun. Let's just try it and just see what happens. You know what I'm saying? So we just did it. We started it. Um, the beat came out so hot. And I and I, I wrote that whole song. It's long. Okay, okay. Let me, let me tell you the whole story. And that day, I wrote a whole song on Betty. Right? I wrote, like, multiple verses, the hook, everything. And then when we started to like try to approach the sample clearance process, we realized it was gonna be complicated. So so I had my friend Nick, Nick Seeley, recreate the original song. So the original, so in Betty, the sample is yeah. not Rick Astley. The sample is a almost direct, like almost exact copy of the original song. Oh wow. That we made ourselves. Yeah, I'm so, actually singing in part of it. It's like all, yeah, it's like me and my people recreating it. But is it a different, is he getting credit? So, so the in, in that case, that's a publishing matter. The basically, we don't have to clear the 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 master of the song, which yeah. is the what the label owns. So whoever whoever released that song, we don't have to deal with them. It's more the people who wrote it that are part of the publishing. Oh, got it. And and Rick Astley didn't write it. So so I mean, he he has. I've, I've spoken with him. He 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 fucks with the song, but but <laughs> the people who actually had to clear people who actually had to clear it and accept like the lyrics. Were not him. It was three guys who are songwriters who have been around for a while. They're a bit older. They don't love hip hop. They don't love my lyrics. So, <laughs> the original version of a song was much different. Uh, 
basically, I mean, the the only like, I guess I don't want to leak any of it. Or I, I don't want to get in trouble, but but on the hook, rather than get money, it was it was get pussy. That was the original. Like all I know is chase this dough and get pussy. That's how it was. So you changed lyrics to get the clearance. I changed I changed everything. It's my only it's my only clean song that's out there. Well, it's but, my only fully clean song because I had to. Well, let's take a pause for a second. And maybe they're onto something. Maybe these old men who forced you to be cleaner to clear this. Yep. Has they, they, I've been thinking about that. I mean, I like know. like dude, this song is fucking huge. Mm-hmm. It's only going to get bigger to the like even the dirtiest part of this song where it's like oh gravy you said whatever that's like such a huge trend to the point where like i'm watching small children say that yeah on tiktok i know i know i I mean i'm thinking about like i'm thinking about making slightly more clean music and 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 a lot of times you know it doesn't have to be dirty like like it's a lot of times the swear words are just like a placeholder, you know? When yeah. you gotta fill something in, I'll just throw a bitch in there. And it's like, that's, I don't need to say that. You know, mm-hmm. I can think of something more unique. But by know? the way, that's a crutch in life. Like, that's deeper. Yeah, I suppose. But you have time to 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 really strategize and plan what you say. A lot of times when I know a song's gonna be big, we'll make a clean version and a dirty yeah. version. Whereas, like, where I'll have the original version, and I'm like, oh, well, I gotta do this for radio, so then, like, we'll change some lyrics and whatnot. Wait, th- and... I could just start doing that and then just stick with the clean one I, as the main release. You know? I think you just need a panel of old, <laughs> old men writers to run, old to men writers. run your ship. <laughs> oh, dude, it was it was funny because I, I had to go back with multiple versions, and every time I would go back, it would be like, oh, this specific little thing. The thing was the, wow. they, the slang, the slang that I would use wouldn't really. Like the first line is, I'm with your baby mama at the crib. I blow her back out. They don't know it. They don't know what that means. So <laughs> that, was all, that was all good. That was all good. It could have been, you know, it could have been just a casual term of endearment. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm just talking about like giving her a hug or something. But, but no, I said I blow her back out. And then and then there's other bars where it's like, like all I know is, let me think. Well, it's something basic. Like it was, uh, oh, oh, so the first line is, I think never, in the hook is never take an L no more. It was like, never gonna trust these hoes that's what it was and they knew what that meant so I changed that and like honestly I like it better now in the in that case but there was there was there was improvements and and a few bars that that I miss but they will they will come out in another song they will they will come it, was it hard for you to make these changes no I mean I've I've dealt with sample legal issues so many times man uh, I've had the, like I've, I've I got sued by George Michael's estate yeah you stick to like Motown and older records yeah. when you sample and a lot of those folks do not like hip hop either they don't like hip hop or they just don't like what I'm saying on it which is fair enough I don't blame them because some of my lyrics are a bit you know aggressive for for those ears is there a lyric that either well I two questions what lyric of yours is close to your heart still that like you hold near and dear. Oh, no, I'll okay, give you the okay, second okay, part. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> no, okay. <laughs> a lyric of mine that I hold hold near and dear. Oh, um, I think one of my most, I guess one of my most quoted lyrics of all time is is the be- beginning of my song called "One Thought, Two Thought, Red Thought, Blue Thought." <laughs> Already. <laughs> already is hilarious when I have to explain to someone like my music and I'm like oh yeah you should check out uh, One Thought Two Thought Red Thought Blue Thought uh, but that song's great I love that song but um, I wrote that song fastest I've ever written a song and it was because 
I got off probation that day. And the the way I started out, it's all freestyle. And right when I started out, I'm like, hey, gravy on probation. Wait, gravy on probation. Now I'm off probation. And I'm fucking with some Asians. And it was it was it was a beautiful little start to a song. <laughs> kind of just off the dome and it worked out. But is this a did you get arrested for defending your friend who is being like hit with racist slurs? I've, I've been I've I've been arrested thrice. Thrice. And uh <laughs> the that was not what I was on probation for because the time I've I've told I've told these stories a lot, like people yeah. can, can find them, but I'll but I'll give you all the brief like in Iowa, uh, someone called my friend a, a racist slur. I beat him up, and we both had to go to jail together. Me and this this kid who fought my friend, and or sorry, who who roasted my friend, and I I beat his ass. Um, in the end of that one, I showed up to court. I got a good lawyer. I got my assault charge dropped to a uh, creating a raucous noise. <laughs> this other frat boy kid that was there who who I beat up didn't show up to court huh? and got charged with assault for getting his ass beat and. <laughs> He's, I don't know. I gave him a swirly. I gave him a swirly in the end. That's that's how it ended. What, what, Straight in the toilet? Like, we were fighting. There's a video out there somewhere. Uh, it actually probably wouldn't be hard at all to find it, but but it was at a, a sorority formal that I got invited to because my friend, my one of my best friends, his girlfriend went to Iowa State. Iowa State? Yeah, Iowa State. And I was there just with her friend, just, you know, to go, to go have fun. And um, in the video, it ends with in the bathroom stall. I'm like, hitting him and his head's in the toilet and it's like it's like a modern day swirly yeah shout out to that kid I hope he's alright cause you know he'd be pro hopefully he, he's an alright person I don't really know but uh, yeah I hope he I hope he's up okay I, I don't wish I don't wish like negativity on anybody no matter how white they are I just you know as of 2018 you had knocked out five rapey racist frat bros in a quest to protect women Where'd you get that information? I mean, I, it, I, is that like an old tweet of mine or like someone no, else quoted it? No, or? there is. It is a quote here, and I can get it verified. Okay, yeah, no, yeah. I, I would say that was as of 2018. Yeah, that was like kind of my. I had a weird. I don't fight people anymore, just for the record. Like, there's people that like. I don't know if people have seen like this. Uh, what's his name? Some Addison Ray's dad is trying to fight oh, me, and, and we, we, can, we can get into that later. Anyways, <laughs> I used to just. When I would, if I would be at some function or whatever it is, especially in college, this is honestly like a lot of that was before I was rapping. Yeah. I, I would just, I knew that I was like decent at fighting. I knew that like, I don't know, I had like these morals that were a little bit over the top and I would be like, all right, if there's someone who's creepy or being weird or like, especially racist, that was what I had the biggest problem with. Um, I, would try, I would try to piss them off to the point where they would try to fight me and then I'd kind of like legal to fight back. Well, so can I add like, you talk about morals, right? And that is like what connects all these instances of violence. It's not, it, it, there's nothing wrong. Vigilante. Yes. What, what is that attached to? Because you grew up, like your dad is an expert. He's, was he, he sleep, right? Yes. That's what he did. Insomnia. Yes. He mastered and released books and taught millions and millions and millions of people of like mm -hmm. what sleep disorders and insomnia was right yes he, he was the foremost expert on it yeah, yeah 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 so um my dad grew up in switzerland Sangalen, which is the german speaking part but i mean he could speak german french italian and english moved to america when he was uh 20 something and uh just studied psychology sleep all that and ended up becoming a professor 
at Dartmouth, doing all this. A genius. Yeah, my dad was absolutely a genius. Um, I admire him so much. He um, married my mom when he was 61. And let me think, 61? I want to say right, right around there. My mom was 44. No, 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 no. My mom was 40. He was sick. It, it, just uh, almost exactly 20 years. Got it. About it. He's born in, he was born in 33. She was born in 56. I'll let y'all do the math. Um, and my mom, so my mom's a psychiatrist, or was. She's retired now. My dad was a psychologist who studied uh, insomnia. And, and, uh, you would think that then I would grow up in like a really rich family, but but actually like they they both were so passionate about what they were doing that they weren't really taking opportunities to go seek extra money and whatnot. Like like my mom had a private practice with just a few clients, and my dad was doing research, not kind of like the one on one stuff yeah. where you would make a bag being a psychologist. So um, and also they probably worked a lot. Yeah, worked a lot. Worked. I mean, but luckily, I mean, my my dad retired when I was like ten. Yeah, my dad was a lot older. I have half siblings that are younger. Got it. Um, and man, legend. My, the 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 coolest thing. I mean, not the coolest thing, but like just one notable thing that everyone can probably relate to is my dad at the Mayo Clinic in Rochester helped invent the on the side of the road the little what? bumps. <laughs> it's for if you fall asleep while driving. Yeah, of and course. You start veering off. It hey. starts making that noise, and you wake up. My dad with the team helped invent that in like I think like the nineties. <laughs> yeah. By the way, like saves countless lives and everybody knows that. It's on the side of every highway. Yeah. And also the Mayo Clinic is the greatest hospital on the face of the earth. Yeah. So it, it's a city devoted to health. So I literally grew up in a town of like I wanna say hundred fifty thousand, maybe a little bit more, and man, like a third of everybody either works at the hospital as a janitor, a nurse, a doctor, something like that. everyone works at Mayo Clinic. I went to Mayo High School. Uh, a lot of my really good friends growing up that still live in town are either nurses or, you know, something along those lines. I mean, they're this, like, saying they're the greatest hospital on the face of the earth is like an understatement. Like, it is like, it's not even doing it justice. If you look up, like, let's say, you, like, you, you think you have chlamydia, you look up chlamydia symptoms. It all comes from them. The first website that's going to pop up is Mayo Clinic. Yeah, yeah. Legendary. Why did chlamydia come to your mind when you thought of that? I don't know. <laughs> Just kidding. I had it not long ago and it was, it was stressful. Yeah, I'm, I'm cleared up now, everybody. I'm cleared <laughs> up. But I did have chlamydia not that long ago. And, uh, you know, away she goes. Away she goes. Well, I mean, do you wonder what your dad would think of all this? What you're doing now? I think he'd be hyped. I think he'd be really hyped. Unfortunately, he passed when I was 16. So it was like right before I entered college and like kind of fully became, you know, who I wanted to be and like fully became my own personality. I was still in high school. Still like this little acne, like drug dealer, fucking kid from Minnesota, and then I went to college and kind of really like learned what I what I wanted to do in life and started really like succeeding. Because you know, in high school, you can have your own hustles. Obviously, I'm not telling my dad, "Yo, I just made a fucking thousand bucks this week on selling weed." I'm like, I have my I have my grades. I was I was you know accomplishing in a way, but I but like I know that after all the things he'd done, like I want to really wanted to impress him. So. Um, Finally, once I once I got myself into college and and had paid off my student loans from rap money before graduating, all that stuff. Like, I uh, I wish you could have seen that. I don't. I, I'm not really sure what I, religion. I don't know what to believe in. Uh, but if he's watching, like, I I hope he is proud. Yeah, he's definitely around. Oh, like how? Like that's a, you should you should be proud. 
Thank to, you. to pay off your loads from like yeah. making music. That was that that was a great moment. I mean, man, Damn. when I was when I was finishing college, I was so it's probably the most motivated I've been in my life because I would go. I wanted to graduate. I wanted to get good grades to impress my mom and like keep her happy and have a good education. I, I went to University of Wisconsin for anyone listening, um, which is a you know it's one of the best schools in the Midwest. I uh, I had to hustle pretty hard to to get in there. Um, Near the end, man, I would go to class every day. I was taking all these credits so I could try to graduate early. But then I'd come home, and from like six till midnight, I would just work on music stuff every night. I'd go on SoundCloud, DM people, figure out like collabs. I was like making my own merch. I would like walk over to this freshman dorm. I was I was a senior, but I, or junior and seniors when I was rapping. But I'd walk over to this freshman dorm where some kid had like a T-shirt print printer. I was just like, would go over there with all these ideas and we'd like make all these shirts together. Like it started, it started really bootstrapped. But what was it about music that brought you in? Like what, like what was it about rap in particular that allowed, like, did you have a story that you needed to tell? Was it just a way out? What was it? I wasn't, it wasn't really like, like I'm, I'm blessed to have had like a, like a good childhood. Like I said, my, my, my parents were at, at least middle class and, and I grew up in a nice part of Minnesota. Other than it being cold as shit there, it's the best place on earth. There's great, great people, um, and uh, I didn't have too much trauma growing up, other than my dad dying in high school. Um, so, so I think the rap and the music. I was just obsessed with with hip hop and soul music and all this stuff, and I, I just figured there's no chance that I'd be able to blow up or have any career with it because I was from Minnesota and I lived in Madison, Wisconsin at the time, and there's no rappers out of there that are big. Other than like, maybe, I mean, at the time, atmosphere. Um, but other than that, there was there wasn't really much. So I, I I I didn't think of it as a future, but I loved the idea of it. Just didn't even try. And then and then I I worked at a startup accelerator where I would do marketing for these small companies. So it'd be like a PhD student would invent something. They have a fucking Windows XP PowerPoint about what they're trying to sell. I would make it sexy. I'd give them a brand name. I worked. Uh, I did marketing That's for cool. for technology, and um, I was like, man, like this is. I'm so good at this. I was like, they always like. I would get all these companies crazy uh, funding from VC from angel, angel investors, and I'm like, man, I kind of did that. And I was like, I should, I should like use this skill set for something else. And uh, I had a friend who was tight with Lil Yachty in high school, so he showed me Lil Yachty one day. One night, the song had sixty thousand plays on SoundCloud, and I loved it. And then I kept checking back in. I watched it over like two months blow up to like full size pop and rapper. There's a few other artists like Lil yeah. Peep. I've I've named out them before, but like artists that really sort of inspired me. And I said, man, like rather than trying to invent something or like you know copy someone what someone else is doing in some space, let me just let me just be myself on SoundCloud and do this. And, and then I started my career not showing my face or anything. You don't show your face until a music video, right? Yeah. But, but Karen is your first Karen, Karen. piece of work. My first song is called Karen Part 2 because I, I thought that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> my first song is called Part 2. But yeah, Karen. And that was before Karen was a negative thing. That yeah, back, you were trailblazer. That was back when Karen was like a just a normal mom name. And I knew a lot of Karens when I was growing up. My, my dentist's name is Karen. Shout out to Karen. But uh, it was before it was like a negative term for like a bitchy mom. Um, so I dropped that and all these other songs within like a year and a half period and I didn't tell anybody. I didn't tell anybody. I didn't want to be that guy. 
It's forcing his rap on you. So I had my two roommates knew. We lived in the shitty ass Garden View apartment. Garden View means you're in a basement. And we were fucking, I was recording that shit, writing it, and they're like, everyone knew those kids in high school that were like the rapper kids. So like, they were like, oh yeah, he's trying it, whatever. But I was like, I was, I was pretty, pretty dedicated. I just didn't want anyone to know until I had something to show for it. Was that the main reason you kept your face hidden for that t- time? That, it was half that, it was half just wanting to be able to actually have something, if I'm showing anyone, I like, I didn't want to be just that guy forcing it on you, but also, mm-hmm. I, I had that job where I was help. where it was a generator, as a startup accelerator, uh, based out of Madison, they have a bunch of offices, and, and I had a job lined up for after college, I loved working there, and, and they told me I could open my own office in Atlanta, and like, run this program for, for it's basically like a record label for, for startups that's so cool so that would be that's probably what i'd be doing now i mean it's been a lot of years now since college so maybe a little different but i think i'd probably be that's what i would have done after college so how much of young gravy is actually you just overall i mean personality wise yeah i think it's i think at first i was almost like sort of at first when i was making music i was i was getting a little bit you know, I was very braggadocious. I mean, there's, there's there's lines that I have that are obviously just braggadocious, like just flexing, where it's just you know humor or, or you know, it's just it's just what all rappers do, just flexing something. And there's some things that are obviously impossible. But I mean, I think that like it's just kind of played out in a way where a lot like I've become a lot more of gravy, and gravy's become a lot more of me. Mm. My lyrics are a little bit more actual truth now. And um, interesting. I started like I would rap about things that I wanted to do, and then I I did them, and then now I'd say it's somewhere in between. Do you intentionally seek out to do the things you rapped about, or do they just happen to happen? Happen to happen. Happen to happen. I I I, I rap about like like at least in the early days, especially rap about what all rappers are rapping about, like this lavish life and these things that everyone wants at some point to happen, and I I didn't really think that it would, but. Uh, I realized that it, it it's all real and and uh, it's it's not as exciting as as people would think. You know, you kind of you kind of learn to live in that lifestyle, and you know, it's uh, I'm still the same person I was before. Still, I don't say I'm like fucking living the happiest, perfect life just because I'm in this rapper space where everyone wants to be. Um, but I did all these things that I always wanted to do. I tried everything. Did all these things I wanted. To do. Not everything. I've never been to Asia, for example. But I, uh, I did all the rapper things that I'd rap about, and it was it was. Uh, yeah, man. I just now the the lyrics now are more are more literal, and I will actually drop bars about things that I have done or do regularly. Is that easier for you to craft the song about than making it up out of? Imagination. It gets easier. It gets easier. Just, just in general. I mean, I've rapped a lot now, and and there's all there's like this issue of like, oh, I've used this rhyme before, or like, oh, I I know this rhyme scheme. I've done this like like, for me for me business business and Christmas and witness and litness <laughs> that rhyme. I've done that so many fucking times. There's there's like rhymes where I'm like like you have to either try to either like I've made close to a hundred songs now. So in some cases, either I have to just try to rhyme like fucking I don't even know like a, a five syllable word with something else if I want to be completely original or I just got to take something I've already done or that someone else has already done and make it gravy 
you know it's it's like i've i had i had for a while a weird like damn like i can't do that again i already i already used that rhyme scheme so mm. yeah so i was trying to rhyme like i don't know like so i'm trying to think of like a long word that i have done uh didn't you use supercalifragilistic? I did. Yeah. yeah. Can't even say the word. Supercalifragilistic expialidocious. <laughs> Damn, what's my own lyric? Supercalifragilistic expialidocious. What do I say after that? My, yo, XP on some ho shit is what I end it with, but. <laughs> Let me see. Oh, supercalifragilistic expialidocious. Supercalifragilistic. Yo, XP on some ho shit. Yeah. Yeah, Superman, I get them bands, but ain't gonna buy you roses. roses. Super duper, get them cougars, took my wrist and froze it. <laughs> um, on Google, does it say super, is the first the first word, is it dope shit or docious? Um, let me go back to that. I think people kind of just took their own reins on it. I wasn't planning it for it to be ended with dope shit. Supercalifragilisticexpialid, dope shit. It was yeah, that's what Genius has. Genius has dope shit. Yeah, you know what? Maybe that's what it is then. It's not what I meant, but culture has taken it. <laughs> yeah. <made> it so. <laughs> that's what it is. I, I love looking at genius. I don't know if you've ever like gone oh, yeah. deep into genius, but I love looking at like what people come up with because there is a lot of like I love adding like deep references to things or like making like multiple meanings, like all that like lyrical shit. But uh, a lot of people don't catch on, so it's great to like either see people where they'll find like the exact reference I have and like what it means to me or like coming up with their own version of it. It's, it, it's it, awesome. Is that what keeps music fresh to you? It's, I mean, I think for me, I, I love just hearing anything new that's different. Like, like, like for me, my favorite artists every year are the people that are doing something different and new. Um, man, I'm trying to think of artists. I mean, like I, like, I, I don't listen to that much rap. Like, I've been listening to a lot of like... Um, sort of modern soul stuff like if anyone like my favorite artist right now is is uh uh the the what is it the i was listening to him on the way here the 1975 the 1975 no no my <laughs> duran duran jones and the indications is a good example of what i'm trying to what i listen to right now so they're, they're basically making modern soul and I, I still listen to old stuff all the time but uh just people who are doing something completely different. Like I, like I, all the really big artists that are popping. I love listening to like the occasional song. I love hip hop, but like a lot of it, you know, it's my job. So it feels like I'm doing. Sometimes it feels like I'm doing work outside of work. No, totally. And by the way, like listening to other things allows you to tap into other sources of inspiration. Mm-hmm. And it's. I mean, a lot of what I listen to is old music. That's that's. I've been trying to find more recent music that I can fuck with because because. I mean, my alarm on my phone when I wake up every morning is Dean Martin. Mm. I mean, I listen whenever I'm like hungover. I only listen to Easy Listening. Like a lot of my, a lot of my go-to music is is, you know, before 1970. I, I mean, to be honest, it's it's a problem with the moment. It's a problem with the time. Mm-hmm. 2022 needs to get its act together. There's there's cool shit out there. Hyper pop is like a new genre. Totally. Which is cool, man. It's cool to see something new. It, it, we, some people probably think that all music is, you know been done and people are just recreating things but hyperpop is sick hunter gex mm. shout out to them do you, you think if you weren't you you would listen to your own music yes 100 percent. so what do you think that you, what do you think you're doing differently that isn't being done right now um basically the the pairing of i mean the main i think the main thing that sets me apart where where you'll you'll go on youtube and find like a young gravy type beat which i was very proud of when mm-hmm. i first saw that and i was hundreds of them uh, pairing classic 
samples, Soul in particular, with like trap drums, 808. I mean, three, 3 Six Mafia did it, but not a lot of artists since then. I mean, Kanye samples a lot, but he's not he's not making banger trap music like with the samples. I mean, he has, but but I think I think my sort of beat choice and that and that flavor mixed with like the brand of of milfs and food and and braggadocious like tomfoolery being you know being being happy and fun and no negative energy and just having these like beats that are mad different uh i think that's what set me apart and if i had like all those steps together if i hadn't taken all those i don't think i'd be where i'm at what came first the music or the brand um the music. I mean, I, I would before I was in college, before I actually really pursued it. I would, I would kind of like freestyle with my friends occasionally and shit. The name Gravy was there. I you went by Butter too, no? Mister Butter, Mister Butter. Sorry, Lil Steamer was one in the circle. Yeah, you mentioned that in Karen Part Two, right? Yeah, Lil Steamer, <laughs> but people thought that it had to do with shit, so I stopped doing that. Yeah, everyone was like, "Oh, Lil Steamer." Oh, you mean like poop? I was like, "No, no." So. That's gone. So I, I stopped doing that. Mr. Butter, I was afraid that like the period after the Mr. would somehow fuck up the SEO. Oh. And then Young Gravy came along. And I was like, man, I like this. I like Gravy. So it just felt right for what I was rapping about. I mean, I'm talking like when I started actually rapping, I never put out any music under a different name. It was it was always Young Gravy. But beforehand, when I be in the freestyle circle or whatever, I had all those names. And then when when the time came where I was like, I'm gonna fucking do this. Young Gravy was just was perfect, and I'm and I'm I haven't regretted it once. I haven't regretted it once. I, I was in a lawsuit where some other kid, uh, no was way. Young Gravy was with an O. Uh, God bless his heart. I paid him one hundred fifty thousand dollars to leave me alone. Wow. Uh, Damn! Oh my god! I uh, this dude, this kid, just like he wanted to be a rapper, and it wasn't working out for him. And he had that name, and we couldn't. Basically, I got my my legal team on it. He got his legal team on it. And they were both like, I had the best in New York, he had the best in LA. And the, I had to do a, a deposition and all this shit, you know, where you swear under oath, yeah. all this, all these things. I get a bunch of witnesses and stuff involved. Did you not know him at all, right? I'm assuming? Well, no, I didn't know him at all. It, it was just by chance. It was like, he used the name Young Grave and I did. And we had to prove like the first usage of, of the name. And I was pulling out like old ass videos of me like rapping and like someone saying gravy, like from when I was fucking like 18 or 19. Oh. And, and uh, in the end, it was like there wasn't a clear enough answer, and it was like, dude, like we're gonna keep this going, and you're gonna keep spending legal fees, so just fucking give us this money. And I was like, man, I don't want to change my name. Yeah, that, I, that makes sense. I thought about going with like Papa Gravy or like Poppy Gravy, but I was like, no, <laughs> it's kind of creepy. So I, I, I gave this kid a fucking 150 bands. He's a kid Different. fucking probably living off that right yeah, now, man. Yeah, I haven't heard from him since. Yeah, I'm sure he's doing well. Are you losing money off all these samples? Uh, not not all the time. I I uh, when I first started releasing music, I would not clear anything. I didn't know the rules. I didn't have a lawyer, so yeah. I couldn't. And I just figured, you know what? Uh, if they come to get me, then I still got the song out there, and people still liked it. Mm -hmm. And uh, if they come and get the money from me, well, I mean, I still gained something, you know. And I was like, I really want. If I was picking samples that I loved, like songs that I loved, and I really want a sample. So, so the only time I've actually had to take something down and get rid of it was George Michael, Careless Whisper. I had a song called Flex Season, still on like YouTube, I'm guessing, but I had to like take that down and give them all the money. But, but in most cases, people will come and they'll see this artist 
with a shitload of listens on their song and it's sampling them and they're like you know they're they're usually in retirement because they sample a lot of older stuff and they're like you know i could use a little extra bag so so a lot of times the way it works out with those older songs they'll come to me and then we'll have a little you know lawyer to lawyer discussion and then i'll, I'll usually just give them a, a good percentage of the publishing and i like they're they're pretty chill about it but but trying to clear samples from from this from the jump and all that stuff i got to do now that i'm signed like like legally there's there's a lot that goes into it it's complicated i usually just make my own samples are you setting any goals for this new album that's coming for this new album i mean i i don't know about goals man it's fucking it's fire the album's great i uh i with goals i like i like to to think about like oh man this is going to make me happier than the last one because I don't like I don't like setting a number and then stressing about it, you know, with with goals and and uh, I had goals at one point and then I surpassed all of them and then it's not so so dick like but you know what I mean I, I I had I had goals to surpass them and then now it's like I have this fear of like oh if I set some goals at a certain level and I don't make it I'm just gonna stress myself out so I try my best and then are there creative goals creative goals I mean I want to learn more instruments and whatnot because I can't play any instruments I'm a musician. Apparently, according to Spotify, I'm like the 450th biggest artist in the world, and I don't know how to play a, a fucking piano. I know like two songs my dad taught me when I was a kid, but uh, I I am I have gotten much better at production, and I know the notes, I know all that stuff. I'll be in the room when we make the song from scratch, so I can be there as a sax player. I'll be like I'll like sing a melody and be like, "Yo, can you do this?" But I can't do it myself, and I think that that's the next step for me. You want to do it. Yeah, is to is to do it myself, or at least just be able to play something myself, and then have someone who's better at it finalize it. But but I, I'm a, I'm I'm a huge part of that process, but I'm not doing it myself, and it feels weird. Where I'm like, oh yeah, can you hit like a, I'm like, he's like, oh yeah, like what notes? I'm like, just you know the, just hit those, hit those. You know what I'm saying? Like it it uh, that's a goal. Getting better at 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 music, like just the basics. And maybe singing, you know. People mm. ask me to sing a lot, and and I don't. But I feel like I, I could take. I have like a very rare vocal range, according to this singer teacher I, I worked with one time. Uh, it's like I forgot what he said. It's like uh, same as Barry White, which is which is you can go deep, which is a good a good sign because he's one of the most one of the most famous uh, musicians there ever was. Mm, you uh, can croon some some sensual music. So maybe someday I'll drop like a like a a sensual Barry White tape. Young Gravy and Kenny G. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, Oof. yeah. Some beautiful some some saxophone. Uh, so th- those are things that like I've just been so busy with everything that like I I want to just start putting those into my day. And all the goal is just getting healthier, man. I I lived the the tour life and the the sort of like rapper life and trying all these fucking drugs or whatever it is and I'm 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 becoming a just a, a normal dude now. I want to like live live like a rapper healthily. So, so, so yeah. you're a real artist. So the idea of you actually boxing anybody for any sort of attention <laughs> or money is not even the in the realm of possibility. Boxing. Oh, you're we're talking about. Yeah, like yeah. but you're a real artist. Like that's you're 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 not fucking around. Like Young Gravy as he sits here today is a legitimate artist in every sense of the the word and definition now i i think i'm much more of an artist than anything i mean i've done artists and, and a bit of a like i guess businessman or marketer. yeah i've done i mean i've done acting a little bit i, I, I just did something with comedy central that's going to come out soon it'll be dope I've, I've i've gotten a lot of offers for acting but i'm kind of scared of it so i gotta work on, maybe that's another thing i'll i'll 
work on is learning how to act. But it's on a little bit of that. All that stuff is just kind of feels like side quests, you know. It's like I'm a musician. That's that's my favorite. I love performing. That's what I spend most of my time doing is touring. Uh, the whole boxing and like trying to get me into that thing. It's like I think it's dope when people like take it all the way. Like like look at Logan Paul. He started fighting, learning how to fight. Now he's in WWE. I, I got a shitload of Logan Paul, man. He's fucking badass. Like, mm-hmm. good dude. I met him. I was expecting the worst, and I witnessed the best, man. Good, good kid. And I was killing at WWE. His brother is kind of a douchebag, but I fucking love watching him fight people. So it's like people. I think that's that's a great space for YouTubers and for musicians. I got an offer once to to fight Riff Raff. Triller <laughs> hit me up and they wanted me to fight Riff Raff, and I was scared of that. I didn't want to do it. It was a huge time commitment trying to like learn how to fight. They wanted to make his brother my trainer to like do some like I don't know. It was just I don't like that drama, man. It was soap opera like like fighting shit. I don't know. So, so what what is this nonsense with this garbage person, Monty Lopez, whose greatest success is success of his daughter? Is his daughter is what everything his daughter did? Yeah. It's so fucked. Like yeah. he flaunts wealth. That isn't even his. It's his daughter's. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know all the details. I the only reason I see it is because people will send me videos, and and I think it's pretty funny. It's funny to watch. Um, but I, I just feel bad. I feel bad for his daughter. I feel yeah. bad for for his ex wife Sherry. Um, she she hit me up and was like, "Don't get involved." And I was like, "All right, I'll get involved." So so I'm I'm steering clear. She hit you. Uh, was that the first time you? No, we, we've we've spoken in the past, and she was just like like a lot, and not a lot, but we've spoken in the past. And uh, she just wanted me to stay out of it, so I'm staying out of it. I that was my plan from the start, anyways. But then you know, uh, occasionally like funny like idea will come up. You know, you've seen those videos where like they'll like flick something and then like it'll it'll be like like a like a smaller person jumping off of a, a dock. And yeah, they'll, they'll show throw them in the water or whatever. They'll like drop it in a cup, that sort of thing. Because he's he's a lot shorter than me. So I, I someone was like, they do this, and I was like, nah. I, I what, what my decision is or my what I decided is is if it really becomes a problem and he's really really trying to get me to fight him I'm just gonna send in uh, Sean O'Malley mm. that's my boy because uh, they're about the same height you know it's more fair that way so I'm gonna send in MMA superstar Sean O'Malley <laughs> have him dye his hair blonde maybe you know do the wavy yeah hair. maybe grow it out a little bit and he can pretend but like I, I got too much on the line to fight somebody right now. If he comes up to me at like in a public place, like if I have to, I'll do I'll do what I have to do. But like I broke my right hand in, in New Zealand crowd surfing one time. Like I got hit in the hand really hard by someone that was just swinging their arm. So I can't like if I punch somebody right now, I could I could not be able to write again. We, I like I like signing things, you know. No, we can't. Yeah, that's too much of a risk. Also, you don't travel around with security. I don't travel. I don't really. Yeah, you I don't travel, really travel with nobody. I like to travel with nobody. I'll bring, I mean, you met. You met at the video shoot. I brought like yeah. tip my DJ. I like to bring in the, a few people, but we're not. You know, I'll if if I'm in a certain places where I know there's like I used to have like stalkers and stuff. It's a long. It's a long story, but but like there's certain places where I'll bring out security, or if it's like like a club, usually they'll just like gift me a little yeah. security guard. But uh, uh, I can be. I think I can be my own security if I have to. I just I uh, I wouldn't be throwing right hooks because because my hand. Yeah, I just don't want this. I mean, honestly, like, first of all, this is the saddest. Your parents going through any sort of separation and having a piece of shit parent is really devastating to deal with privately. This being as public as it is, is like, 
I mean, this this person has no regard for anybody but himself. Clearly, his videos are so embarrassing. It's really embarrassing. I, I, people will just send them to me, and it's 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 pretty rough, dude. It's I, seek help, like please, like for the good of your family and your daughter, yeah. get help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I hope, I hope, I, I don't want to make too much attention to it, but I, I hope Addison's all good. I'm sorry that if if anyone thinks that I might have brought extra attention to it, which I might have, but this uh, sorry that your dad's uh. Lose cannon and uh, hope everything works out. Does this prevent you from wanting to go on the date with? No. You still want to do that? Yes. And it hasn't happened yet. She lives in Louisiana. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Are you actually dating moms? I mean, I have, I have, like d dating, dating. I haven't had that many like long-term relationships, other than just a few. Um, sorry. Yeah. Um, I haven't had that many super long-term relationships, at least not in the last couple of years. Um. And I haven't really been with, I mean, when I was 16, I had a girlfriend that was 21. That was probably the oldest, like, actual girlfriend age yeah. difference. But, I, but, I, but I'll, I'll hook up with moms on occasion. It's, it's, it's not a fabrication. It's not like I'm just saying it to say it. I, I think I, I do really like getting with moms. And hanging out with them is extra fun because, you know, like, I don't know. Not just because I like oldies and, like, old shit and they can, like, relate more. But it's like, man, like, they're, I don't know. There's a maturity there. Maturity and wisdom and everything. Yes. Uh but uh, but I'm not I'm not loyal to just moms, you know. I, I I've I've dated girls my age, and you know what a anywhere hero. In between, anywhere in between. Wow! Thank mm -hmm. you for your service. <laughs> Thank you so Thank much. You. Do you feel like you need with the new album coming up? Did you feel like you need to reference like moms and milfs on these songs because people just kind of know you as that guy? I definitely do reference moms. I mean, it's always it's kind of like it's not like I feel the need. It's kind of just what like naturally comes mm -hmm. when I'm writing something uh, moms or whatever it is I mean I do have quite a few bars that are literally just like your bitch dot 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 or like dot 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 with your bitch and that's kind of like just my just my my thing it's my shtick so so the lyrics haven't changed I thought more about a lot of them I think I think it's more technical in, in certain parts of the album and, and I'm just I'm proud of myself for having like over the years gotten better and better at, at writing because I think every artist has experiences like lulls and, and you know ups and downs and creative creativity and I wrote this album during a really good really good phase so so I think it's it's gonna be a, gonna be a hit is your best song yet to come yes I would say so there's there's some classics of mine that I love my favorite's probably gravy train which is samples uh, Maxine Nightingale Right back where we started from, which is which was, I mean, is one of my favorite songs ever. Uh, so I was really honored when she like showed love and wanted to be a part of it. Um, but I think the best, like, I wouldn't say most popular, but like the the best songs that I've made are are coming on this album so far, and I think that I'll get better at better and better at music once I learn the piano and learn how to sing. You know, <laughs> and I come back with something crazy. Yeah, that's when the the real the real legendary ones will. That people remember me for those. Are, that's when those will come. But but right now, this album is better than anything I've done in the past. Today, how do you define success? How do I define success? I think just man, being. I guess if you if you've had goals and you accomplish them, that's that's one way to look at it. But for me, I guess it's uh, just like being happy with being able to be happy and and not regret, sort of your whole come up you know that's regret, regrets are okay for success I think I think just being happy getting to a point where you can be happy with your career 
And no matter what it is, I mean, if you have a goal money-wise, it's always nice to be comfortable, you know, money-wise. But uh, I think just getting to somewhere where you can be happy and do what you love to do without, you know. Stress. Hurting yourself over it, yeah. And I'm still working on that. I still get stressed out all the time. But I think I've, like, regularly gotten better at just working on my health and um, skills and keeping up relationships and whatnot. Day one friends, new people, everything. Um, getting to somewhere where you're happy and uh, never, like, you know, getting stuck in a rut. That's it's a quest, man. And it's you're not always going to be able to check off all of those boxes at once, mm -hmm. you know? Absolutely. A lot of things. And uh, personally for me, I think a lot of the goals that I had, I accomplished, and I've, I'm, I'm really, really happy with the success, but but at the the cost of, like, my health wasn't as good. I was drinking yeah. a lot and not getting sleep and all those things, and now I'm working on balancing everything out. Uh, I think a lot of artists could probably relate to that, uh, whether it's that or the reverse. And uh, getting good. I'm going to the trainer after this. Really? Yeah. Not, probably not in this. I'll probably, <laughs> I'll probably change up a little bit, but yeah. Well, speaking of that, the very first thing you said is you got that suit made for a date with Martha Stewart. Yeah, so, well, <laughs> yes. I... Um, got invited to perform at a bat mitzvah for uh, a, a big industry exec uh, <laughs> who runs my label. Uh, it was his daughter's bat mitzvah. Monty or Avery? Monty. Monty. Sick. Um, Monty. Yeah, yeah. Monty Littman. Monty Littman, yeah. Music Shots icon. Hi, Monty. Yeah. You're missed. Yeah. Hey, just to be clear, he's talking about Monty Littman. Right yeah, not now. Monty Lopez. Not Monty Lopez. No, Hi, Monty no. Littman. You're missed. We love you. Yeah. <laughs> Monty Lopez, I don't know. Anyways... Who is he? I don't know him. Mont Monty Lippman. That's that's the Edison right dad. Yeah. yeah. No, I don't. Oh, well, I thought you were serious. I was like, I was like, dog. <laughs> Let's get it together now. Let's get it together. No. So 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 Monty Lippman's daughter was a fan. And I, I I performed at uh, her bat mitzvah, but I got to New York and I realized like I didn't have uh, I didn't I had never been to one before. There's not that many Jewish people in Minnesota. I I got I. There was one person that I grew up with that had one and didn't invite me, and I was sour for for a long time. <laughs> that hurts. I, by the way, I've been that person. Yeah. So so I um I don't know. I was in New York, and for some reason I just didn't pack anything like suit related, anything classy. And I was like, shit, I gotta go. So I went to Suit Supply. Shout out to Suit Supply for giving me the bag that caught on fire in my car. <laughs> and uh, I got this. It's a three piece. There's there's a vest too, but I thought that was a little bit too much, you know. That well, looks good. Uh, yeah. Well, thank you. Was Martha Stewart there? So so we started at Mar Martha Stewart lives nearby nearby uh, his house, where, which was where the party was. And uh, I performed at the bat mitzvah, but before that, Martha invited me over for for dinner and drinks and everything. <laughs> what? Yeah. So so Martha Stewart and I have a relationship. We did we did a. Uh, commercial together I wrote a song called Martha Stewart yeah she heard it she loved it we did a, a big uh, commercial that was for her new line of frozen products and they played it in movie theaters when James Bond came out it was a big big collab project that was awesome so Martha and I got along really well and then she wanted to watch the Kentucky Derby and go to this bat mitzvah together so <laughs> so so yeah I pulled up beforehand and we uh, we had some mint juleps we watched the Kentucky Derby <laughs> and uh, it was it was a good time, man. Yeah, then we went, then we went to the bat mitzvah. Pulled up with me. So, it, okay. <laughs> so so there's a lot to unpack there, but yeah. Do you go? Okay, so do you go your separate ways after the bat mitzvah, or what do you do after? Oh, what I do after? I had, I had a flight the next morning. I, I went home. You know, Martha. Martha 
if you see this someday, you know, just give me the hint. If you're gonna let me hit, like let's let's get it. But I was gonna <laughs> I was gonna do a show the next morning, so I had to fly out. Got it. So she hasn't gi- she hasn't given you the hint yet. I mean, she's you know she's flirtatious, but you know she's got she's intimidating. She has so much game. She's so lit, like so legendary that I you know I don't want to push any boundaries. So you have similar hair. You think so? Yeah. I've I've gotten that before, especially like if I'm if I wake up in the morning and like my hair is not really done to how I want it. People are like, oh man, you kind of look like a golden girl right now. <laughs> like, All right, word. Like I'll take it. I'll take it. But no, I. Uh, wow. No, my wife is great, man. We'll see. God, we'll see. what does that do to your confidence? The Golden Girl thing or the Martha Stewart the thing? The Martha Stewart having any sort of, even even a sliver of interest in you. It's awesome, man. I mean, I named a song after her for a reason. She's a legend. And I... Uh, Are you, like, nervous? Like, actually, like, intimidated? Like, did you think going into this, like, oh, she could make a move on me? Uh, I don't know. I don't really know what to expect. You didn't run that scenario in your head? I didn't really Bullshit. run it. I mean, I, I mean, I'm ready for that whenever, you know. Like, I've gotten to a point where I, you know, you gotta be. And I, uh, that's not also really douchey, but anyway, I, I went into it like, oh, this is going to be casual, like dinner and, and date and whatever and everything. I had my DJ with me. It wasn't just me. Okay. Her. So, you okay. know, I wasn't like, I'm like w- sitting there waiting, like trying to make something happen. It was, it was just a casual little thing. And, and, um, confidence is, uh, is boosted for sure by having like one of the most legendary women out there, you know, being a fan and a, you know, potential romantic interest. So. Damn. Shout out to Martha. God. That's marrying to that, my friend. I mean. We'll see. We'll see. Knock on wood for you. Marrying to that. What are you thinking? The only other question I had is what? What? what when a uh, an adult film of yours gets released, like what do you learn from that whole situation? But also invasive, right? Yeah. So we're talking about the, the, the brief sex tape that was released to me on, on Twitter. Yeah, you look um, good in there. Thank you, thank mm-hmm. you. I was my phone was hacked a couple of years ago, and this person decided to hold off until um, my song blew up to drop it, which is unfortunate because now some people think that I like did it myself. You know, like oh, he had a moment, he wants like some success, but like I would never do that, man. That was that was like a really the girl that's in the video is a really good friend of mine. I was like, man, like like there's no reason I would ever subject that. She's got a career and everything. I was like, man, there's no reason I would ever fucking purposely do something like this and and it's it's like it worked out okay but i would never wish that upon anybody it's like i'm i got fans that are fucking 15 years old that are yeah. gonna see that now because mm-hmm. you leaked my private shit uh for your own you know chuckles or whatever and um some do, do some, you want justice i mean i there's not really anything i can do and i think it's gotten to a point where it's just like fuck it like I, it, the the people that hack me are crazy hackers. If I if I try to strike back, they'll do something worse. Probably. I mm-hmm. just I accepted it, man. Like I think we're gonna get it, it sweeped off the internet. I just like for me, it it I'm I'm lucky to be in a place where with my career, my brand, and everything, it doesn't hurt me that much. Like I I feel fucking weird for the young fans that have to see yeah. that, uh, and for the girl who really had no. I mean, yeah, that poor late that, that poor lady. Exactly. That that that's my main concern is 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 her, but. Uh, Luckily, it's, I mean, it's getting handled. People, you know, think it's funny overall, but man, I was, I mean, when I first dropped, I was like, oh, this fucking sucks. I saw it at like, it was like a Saturday or Friday night, midnight. Someone texted me a link on Twitter, had 150 views on it. And I was like, oh shit, like where did this come from? I had to like do all the math in my head. 
And then, fingers crossed, went to bed, woke up the next morning, and it was just everywhere. It was, it was everywhere. So, so I mean, shit, man. I, I I know how it feels now. I feel really bad for anyone who's had that shit uh, leaked, anything similar to that leaked, or any private information. Um, but I learned that I guess you know the high security, like high security, is important, especially when people are out there to get you. And there's a lot of people on the internet that have nothing to do mm-hmm. except try to fuck with other people so always be aware of that no matter what you're doing um i, I mean it, it, it's normal in a relationship to film your you know when you're bumping uglies you gotta do it you know what about the camera it's it's something you know it's something that that everyone does but but uh if you have any sort of reason why someone would want to hack you don't don't save any of your videos in your iCloud that's you know a little tip it's sad and gross and disgusting. But the upside is you have a community of fans that do genuinely fuck with you. Your music continues to grow. Mm-hmm. Like, is it wild that your fans bailed you out of jail? Yeah, that was that was one of my favorite moments ever. Um, I mean, that's community if yeah, I've ever seen yeah. it. I mean, at, at this point today, like, what, what they were doing for the sex tape was they're all reporting it. You know, it was like a little gang of them that are all helping out. I mean, it's hard because Twitter... They can just duplicate links like like that, but uh, I've had some really really dope situations with with fans, man. I uh, the first one was was that Iowa situation I talked about where I fought that kid. Um, I was in jail and and just based on an Instagram story I had up, I had thirty thousand followers at the time, and, and my fans came and bailed me out, which was <laughs> like fucking what? awesome. They didn't even know my real name. They just said they got the 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 guard walked in. And he was like, "Hey, is there a little gravy in here?" I was like, "Oh, that's let's fucking go." So, so yeah, in Iowa, I got bailed out by my fans back in the day. That was fucking awesome. I've brought them out to shows anytime I'm in Iowa since then. I, uh, what else? What other cool I mean, that's stuff? sick. They're also yeah, offering man. up their moms to you. Yeah, everyone's <laughs> offering <laughs> up their moms. I get a couple <laughs> resumes a day, hundreds of DMs about just, oh, here's a picture of my mom. Like, um, <laughs> come date her which is which is cool you know it's fun it's it's different than what i would have done when i was that age i, I, I don't remember that happening back in the day but, uh, is it wild for you to wrap your mind around the fact that you are shaping culture it is it is kind of wild it is kind of wild um seeing like little things like that where where anything at all milf related there's a comment about young gravy on it or or like this 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 is what to me is almost wild is there's these there's these younger folks who will see something like it'll literally be an ad from the 50s or something like a, like an old vintage ad and they'll be like oh this is some young gravy shit right here where it's like no that's what came before all of us and I just liked it so I did stuff similar but now they're like no this is young gravy shit the 50s copies copied that, young gravy that's connecting culture yeah man so I'm just I'm bringing up bringing back older things and, and the things that I love and it's cool to see people you know get into it but it's just interesting like man I didn't create that. I was I wasn't my the pinup girls, all that stuff. It wasn't really my swag, but like I'm honored to be, you know, people uh people just fucking Eat. rolling with it. anything gravy. You embody what it is today. It's sick. I guess so I guess so, man. By the way, please <laughs> tap the link in our like bio and description there. <laughs> There's a bunch <laughs> of young gravy music for you. Just yeah. waiting. You look good with that cat pillow. Yeah, it feels right. It fits. It kind of fits the fit. It does. In so many different ways it fits. Yeah, yeah, it does. Is it wild to think that this is still just the beginning? It is. It is wild. You know, that's that's um, 
interesting question because I've had so many moments that will go up and down. It's not like I ever really would say I fell off, but I always will have a song that blows up and then I coast and then the, the cult fans stay hardcore. I've always sold a shitload of tickets, but I'm not always having like a hit that's on the billboard or whatever, but it's yeah. like, I mean, I'll do one, like, I think there's probably six or seven songs now that have over a hundred million streams or that are, are gold or platinum. And those are all spread out over a long period of time where it's like, oh, like people will be like, oh shit, I forgot about gravy. That's why I see those comments all the time. It's, it's cool to like, it's great though. You know, see that like each time it's a bigger moment yes. and it's like, damn, like, People will comment. Oh, I remember, I remember Young Gravy when I was in high school blasting it like Mr. Clean, and then these kids are now like about to graduate college, and now they're blasting Betty, and it's just cool because like watching my fans grow and being able to have like a biggest moment. Where I'd say that was that was one of the bigger fears I had was like, oh man, I had my moment, and now I'm just gonna have to kind of you know pick off the little bread that I can still get off of this. But but like if. I don't know when I when I make new music and people still fuck with it and and my sort of actual talent that I've learned reveals itself. It's it's dope to see people get into it. Your community grows and so do you. Yeah, absolutely, and and it's cool. Like like I know that my favorite artists still are the songs that I listen to the most. Probably are what I was bumping in high school. You know, so yeah. it's like so it's like for me that was like Three Six Mafia, Currency, Freddie Gibbs. Was Khalifa like that sort of that era and, and when they drop shit now I still listen to it and I'll download everything but it's like the songs that I run back the most are like you know I think that's the age where people like find their favorites and I'll run back those songs yeah. I listened to in high school over and over again and I think like it's great to have sort of that community of people that like came up still show love to me and will promote my you know ear or word of mouth I was about to say Ear to mouth. I almost came out of my mouth. I almost just said that. <laughs> that ear to mouth, man. No, word of mouth promotion is is uh, is great, man. That recommendation goes a long way. Yeah. Truly, check out Young Gravy's music. You probably have listened to it, but new album is coming. Link in the description below. Do you have another single on the way? Just real quick, based on what you said, uh, you've probably maybe heard one or two of my songs somewhere. That's that's when I meet people and I have to like, if they're like really delving into it. I, I usually try not to like be like oh I'm a musician I'm a rapper but I'll be like oh I'm a musician yeah I make music and when, when they start really asking like oh I wonder if I've heard of you I have to be like oh yeah you've probably maybe heard like one of these three <laughs> and I have to like sing it for them if they really are that interested it's just funny I'm like oh yeah like remember this one was like Tracy with the ass you know or like, oh the one where I talk about blueberry muffins or I'm like oh yeah damn gravy you're vicious it's just like man like it's funny sometimes I'll just like get sick of it and I'll just pretend that I'm Baby No, Baby no Money one of my best friends who I have made a ton of music with he's got that song La 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 yeah. it was when I popped up da, 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 da. that song sometimes if I'm getting bored I'm like oh you know what I made this song <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, I like pretend like I'm him for a second so I can get, get out of there but but yeah man like uh, it's uh, if you don't know me you might have heard one of my songs that I just referenced um, and if you really don't know me then you know come take a peek you know I think you'll find out, find out pretty quick whether you love me or hate me is there pressure around releasing this next single because Betty is doing what it's doing yeah but I love the next single what is it it was gonna be it was gonna be the single before Betty and then we switched it around so it's it's a song I can I can spill the beans I'm gonna start start promoting it pretty soon it's called Say La Vie oh. it's me Rich Brian and Baby No Money whoa and they their biggest song 
to date, I believe, other than maybe Lava Lies, is Edamame, yeah. uh, which is one of my favorite songs they've done. And we actually made it the same day. This was all in one day. We had this session where we were all just in the zone, like fucking loving life, killing it. I, was, I think it was the first time I met Rich Brian in person. Um, fucking sweetheart, love that kid. Uh, but we made this song called Say La Vie, and it's, it's, a, it's almost a little bit more like punk rock than it is rap. It's kind of like in between. Uh, I actually have to go it, I, right after this. I have to go to a session to change like one lyric on there that's had a legal issue. Well, uh, but it banks. Are you sampling something? No, no, it's just a lyric. I, 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 I said voulez vous coucher avec moi? Is that how you say voulez vous yeah. coucher avec moi? I don't know. They don't want. They don't want to have to deal with like potentially Lady Marmalade coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm changing a bar. You guys heard it? No, I haven't heard it. I mean, you guys heard me say it just now. Oh yeah, that yeah. bar. So someone got it. You know. So hold on. This is. That's a trio. Oh yeah. So you're coming with something strong. Oh yeah, it's strong. And I, and I, it's I've I've played my album for a lot of people, and this is a lot of people's favorite. It's it's a it's a slapper. How do you view this album? Do you view it as a debut? Do you view it as a sophomore? It's really a third, right? Yeah, it's it's I'd say it's my third like big album. But I mean, I was like before like sensational, and I like really kind of blew up. Man, I was like. Just hustling on my SoundCloud shit. I would drop a few songs and put out something as an EP. Just I have I have yeah. like five like EPs like technically, um, and just a few full length albums. So this is my third full length. But I'd say it's almost like it's almost like a uh, a sequel to the first album in a weird way. I don't know something about it feels like that because the first album I made in a similar way where I was I was touring and I was I was meeting new people and trying new producers and all this different stuff and learning things. And then the second album, so that's sensational. The second album, Gasanova, I was stuck in COVID and I was back home and I was like doing everything like at home. Uh, you know, all the creative was coming directly from me and I wasn't like around people. It was all kind of like, which worked really well in some ways. I love what came out of it. But but this is almost like a follow up to the first one where I'm back on my lifestyle. I got back mm-hmm. into freedom and uh, it's just a polished version of me that's a little bit more talented at the actual music and uh it's like a sensational part two but better and it's coming tap the link click the link below it's coming september yeah pre-save it and uh listen to every every song the young gravy's put out so far coming (laughs) i really appreciate you you're welcome absolutely absolutely this is a great conversation yeah i really enjoyed this i like how much we got into music because it's not you know the details people like to hear that stuff yeah, come back guys yeah. one more music question is there any big sample that you've wanted to do that never got cleared and you had to scrap it oh, let me think um, got to be real by Cheryl Lynn is one uh, that we tried to do but we ended up kind of just doing like our own like twist on it uh, called it's called Party at My Mama's House it's like it's like a slightly similar vibe that's it's not a perfect example I think um one song I really want to sample, I just know it would be complicated, is that it's that it's Vitas, it's this Russian song where he's like, <laughs> damn, that sounded horrible. You gotta look it up. It's this video on YouTube that's got memed a lot where this guy's like wearing like starfish on his head and he's like, <laughs> I don't, I'm not gonna try it again. But you have to look up Vitas, Seventh Element, and uh, I really want to sample that. I have a beat with it. I just know that it's going to be hard to get in contact with those motherfuckers. So interesting. Yeah, yeah you can kind of tell, right? Like, because you want in some cases you want a legitimate team because then you know they'll respond to you. Yeah. So it's like that's a problem with sample clearances is you could be dealing with a huge artist who has a crazy catalog where like 
you know, the estate is going to be really strict and not want anyone to like, you know, mess with their legacy. And then you have artists that are more low key who would probably love the money and would love to to be a part of something, but mm. you can't get a hold of them because they just they figured out their careers is done and they're just doing their own normal thing now. That's so interesting. So like sampling some of that more obscure music is also really hard. How many are they all samples on this new album? Or I, I create most of them with like my 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 folks, my my homies Nick and Dwilly and all them. Like I, I've 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 met a group of friends. Like what I was saying earlier, yeah. where, where I'm talking to a musician and like trying to sing notes or whatever without that's even knowing how they're what they're coming. Called, now. That's how a lot of them are coming is is original compositions that like it's it'll I'm sure it's in some way inspired on by what I've been listening to. But it's still original. But it's original, yeah. It's in the in the in the studio together. We're all working on something and and creating something new just based on what people know that I like. Pre save this album. There's a link in the description below. It is there waiting for you. Young gravy. Hell yeah, baby. Appreciate you. Appreciate it. Appreciate you. Thanks for having me. Dude, literally any time. This is a joy. I'm gonna come back and sit next to someone that's famous and not say anything. (laughs) That'd be a dream for Dan and I. That's the plan. Okay. So funny. Same outfit. (laughs) Young gravy, everybody. Thank you. Hey, beautiful human. Thank you so much for listening to our conversation with Young Gravy. I genuinely appreciate it. Please subscribe to our podcast. Share with those you care about. And if you want to see the video, it is up on YouTube or on TikTok. Just search Zach Sang Show. Now be safe. Hug your family if you can. Don't go to jail. And have an outstanding day. I'll talk to you real soon. Okay? Peace and love. Today's show is hosted and executive produced by Zach Sang. It was also executive produced by Michael D. Ratner, Scott Ratner, Dylan Martyr, Dan Zolot, Joshua Russack, and Olivia Rudensky. Music by James Ashuto. Senior producer, Caitlin Plummer. Associate producer, Eve Bishop. Production sound mixing on today's show was done by Alex Goins, Nico Pierce, and Joseph Hartshorn. Sound mixing was done by Daniel Chavez-Crook and Ivan Wayman. Post-production manager was Caroline Rude. Production manager was Michelle Dorostock. And our production coordinator was Bryce Herless. And that was an episode of The Zach Sang Show. Talk to you soon.